This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, Justin Hartman from the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks talks to us about the new laws that were put into place in July. Plus, Matt Cook from the Falls Area Bicyclists talks to us about their organization and a little bit of a friendly reminder about sharing the road. All that and more coming up on Sunday Focus. With so many myths about the COVID-19 vaccine, it's important to know the facts. Every COVID-19 vaccine goes through rigorous testing to show that it's safe and effective for patients. Similar to the flu shot, the most common side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines are injection site pain, soreness, and swelling. These side effects show that a vaccine is working and your body is building an immune response. Get vaccinated to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Learn more about the COVID-19 vaccines at SanfordHealth.org. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I'm being joined by Justin Hartman. He is a wildlife conservation officer with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. And hey, Justin, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. You know, I think this is your first time you and I are talking in the studio. So it's nice to meet you, number one. And there's a lot of changes happening with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your role with Game Fish and Parks. Yeah, so like you said, I'm a wildlife conservation officer. Uh, my priority is just mainly Minnehaha County, but uh, we do have statewide authority, so we do go in about pretty much throughout the whole state and just protect the natural resources for future generations. Yeah, awesome. July 1st was not only a big day for you guys, but also for the state of South Dakota. A lot of new laws and regulations were officially active, and these laws affected some activities involving South Dakota game fish and parks. So tell us about these new laws that are now active. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, July 1st, uh, the House bill went through legislation and pretty much just simplified the youth hunting and fishing regulations Mm -hmm. and laws. One of the big ones is uh, no fishing license for under 18. So if you're 17 years and younger, you don't have to have a fishing license. You can go out and fish and keep your own limit as well. And then also you don't need a license for 17 and younger to hunt predators environments like coyote, fox, and prairie dogs. Okay, so let's go back to the fishing for a second because this just came in my head. How are you going to monitor people who are fishing and if they are under 18 do you just go up to them ask for their id or how will that system work yeah more or less um, we can usually tell if they're under 18 um <laughs> i mean if we have doubts that they're they're over 18 or something we can ask for an id or some some of us just ask for birthdays and if they rattle their birthday off pretty easily then we know they're not lying to uh, us <laughs> okay they're pretty straightforward there sure. what about anything that's affecting the hunting here in south dakota what does that mean for anyone that's under 18 years old yeah, so a lot of this is just going to simplify it. There's confusion on junior combination licenses yeah. that we had, and that's actually not going to be a license available anymore. So if you're 16 to 17 years old, you're going to need like a youth small game license if you want your own limit of birds mm-hmm. or what have you, and the same as 12 to 15. But then again, they have the mentor program that's under 12, but you can also participate up to all the way to 15 years old. And that just kind of gives parents the opportunity to decide when their child is ready to go hunting. And you were talking about, too, how hunters, they love to hunt pheasants out here, especially the tourists. That's probably one of the biggest grabs towards yeah. South Dakota. 
Dakota. So these laws also affect non-resident hunters. Talk about that. For non-resident hunters, it also it's going to allow the youth to be included in that mentor program. So that, that's for both small game and big game. And then also the non-resident youth license for 17 and younger as well is what they're going to need to go hunt the small game, the waterfowl, things of that nature. One of the big things for non-residents, though, is there's going to be no more non-resident youth fishing and there's going to be no more family fishing licenses for them because that was introduced for youth. Those, those licenses are made for the youth and the family for non-residents. So that's that, those licenses are, are going to be no longer available. And then the youth can also do the mentor hunt, but they have to have a resident sponsor. So a good example of this would be if you got... You know, your grandparents living here in South Dakota, but your grandkids are out of state for whatever reason with their parents, then they can actually come and do the mentor hunt for big game as long as that grandma or grandpa is a resident sponsor. Okay, so how are these new rules and regulations different from previous years if you had to do a comparison list? So kind of like if you compare them side by side, it, it kind of gets rid of all the complicated language that we used to have where... Back then, I used to get a lot of questions about mentor hunting and youth hunts yeah. and what license do I need and can I keep this limit and that limit. So this this bill just simplifies that completely. Um, it's going to allow the residents to come in and do the mentor program for non-residents. I think the biggest thing, though, is it makes this age of 18 consistent for all the youth licenses. Used to be, it used to be like, well, if you're 12 to 15, you need this. If you're 16 to 18, you need this. And so it just simplifies that completely, and it just makes the age requirement if you're 17 years and younger, and it just provides consistency throughout the whole laws. If you are just listening, Justin Harmon, he is with the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks. He's joining me in the studio. Now, I have to ask this too, Justin. How are these changes going to benefit operations at the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks? With simplifying the rules, it's going to eliminate a lot of the questions that us as officers yeah. and our staff get. So that's going to help greatly. Um, and I think that's going to engage the youth more. It's going to get them to be involved more easily when the rules are simple and they can understand them, as well as families who may have never hunted before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot, of the, a lot of the violations that we see in the field are usually because of youth and the complications of the laws with it in that sort of way. So with this, just simplifying it is going to help us greatly. I think it's going to benefit the state greatly. Uh, Every time you can increase the hunting, uh, South Dakota, like you said, loves their pheasant hunting. And that brings in a lot of non-residents, brings in a lot of tourism. That tourism goes back into the local economy. They're staying at the hotels, they're buying the gas, they're eating the food, they're paying the taxes. And all that stuff is just going to increase the state as a whole, as well as a local economy. How do you guys feel about these new rules and regulations? Does it make your job a little bit easier, you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it makes my job 100% easier when the knowledge and the information is out there and it's simple and people can understand it and then out in the field it just makes my whole job a lot easier we uh, every officer in the state i believe loves to see children and, and the youth hunt and get out there and fish and these new laws just make it easier for them to do that oh absolutely do you have a maybe a fun story about a kid fishing for the first time or hunting there's, i know i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> with that one yeah there's been quite a few uh a few opportunities where the dad or the mom would be out taking their kids fishing and the hook would just fishing line would be tied weird to the mm-hmm. hook or something and they'd have like a whole worm on the hook you know the tiny little hook with a foot long earthworm it looks like so you know that that gives me the opportunity to stop take a step back and kind of show them and teach them and that's part of why i love my job well there you go justin Harmon with the south dakota game fish and parks and justin where can people find out more information about these changes or learn more about the south dakota game fish and parks 
Yeah, so you go to gfp.sd.gov, so that's gfp.sd.gov. And if you have additional questions, you can always reach out to your local conservation officer. Our numbers are posted online as well as the handbook. All right, do you think I can sign up for a fishing lesson right now? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, Justin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back. When approaching a highway construction zone, slow down. I am Trooper Devon Clark of the South Dakota Highway Patrol. Always slow down to at least the posted speed limit when going through a construction zone. That way you can protect those working on the highways and you can be prepared to stop if necessary. And slowing down in construction zones can also save you money because speeding fines are doubled in work zones. Help everybody stay safe. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I'm being joined by Matt Cook. He is on the board with the Falls Area Bicyclists, otherwise known as FAB. He is specifically the communications director with FAB. And hi, Matt. Hello. This is our first time meeting, actually, so it's nice to meet you. Yes, I'm really excited to be here and uh, share uh, a little bit more about FAB. This is a great opportunity for you to talk a little bit more about FAB and just some friendly reminders reminders for the community about bicyclists. So let's start off with this question. Tell me about the Falls Area Bicyclist Group. So the Falls Area Bicyclists, also known as FAB, is a organization of people who love to ride bike, who love to support um, bicycle-friendly policies Mm -hmm. in government, and uh, who love to see people um, getting outside um, and being active in their community. It is run by a group of volunteers. Um, I am on the board as the communications director. And um, we truly just try and make the Sioux Falls area a better place to be outside and a better place to be on a bicycle because Sioux Falls is beautiful on yeah, a bike. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with those trails and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's the trails are amazing. I am so grateful for our trail system, and it keeps growing. Um, the city of Sioux Falls will be expanding the trail out to Family Park on the north side of town. But there are also some really cool areas of town just to ride around. Uh, the Cathedral District, the historic district with all the old uh, Victorian homes. You have some beautiful homes on the south side of Sioux Falls. And even the farmland just around uh, town is beautiful to ride a bike in. So where is your favorite area to ride a bike in? My favorite area to... Uh, I. Huh. I know it's a tough question. This it is, is a the tough toughest question. question out of this whole interview. Right? Pick your <laughs> favorite. Uh, I really do enjoy riding through Central Sioux Falls, okay. the Cathedral District, the Historic District. Just the homes there are beautiful. People have put a lot of effort into their gardens, into their homes, and it's quiet. It's full of shade. Uh, there's not much for traffic, and it's just really enjoyable. So, how many bikers strong is Fab? Fab is currently at a membership of a 150. Oh wow! Uh, but we are always looking to welcome new members. We have members who have been with us for many years, and we have people who are just like, "I never knew you existed. This is amazing." So yeah. we're always uh, welcoming new people. How did you get involved with Fab? How did I get involved with Fab? Well, let's hop in the time machine back to. <laughs> Let me add a sound effect in yeah, there yeah, for yeah. that. Um, 
August 11th, 2017, mm. I suffered. That's very specific. It is very specific. <laughs> I suffered a major injury and ended mm. up fracturing my leg. Oh, no. Um, and still to this day, I have a plate and seven screws in my lower left leg. Wow. Yeah. But as part of my um, recovery process, I finished uh, physical therapy and got a referral to one of the fitness centers here in town, started going, and they had a flyer for, hey, train to do a triathlon. And I was like, sure, why not? Let's go for it. What can we lose? And I showed up and um, I did it. Uh, I talked to the coach and said, hi, my name is Matt and I can't run. I can't swim. And my bike is a $20 uh, bike that I literally bought at an auction in the rain. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, okay, we'll figure it out. (laughs) So I did the program. I did the triathlon. Um, The program leads up to the Dakota man out at Wall Lake. Mm. And since then, I really haven't run. I really haven't swam. But I am rapidly approaching 7,000 lifetime miles on a bicycle. Wow. Holy cow. Right. And um, I found that... What I wanted was a social group. So I started showing up to group rides and I was like, well, who's this? And, oh, we're fab. And so I just kept meeting more people. Um, And then they're like, you should be involved. So I joined and then they're like, you should be on the board. So I have been on the board now for three years in a couple different roles. So what do you think the purpose of this organization here is? Uh, To me, fab is community. It is... Um, bringing together like-minded people and trying to make a change in our community. Um, So many people here in Sioux Falls will look at the bike trail and say, well, that's great. But think about how did we get to having an amazing amazing trail system here in Sioux Falls? Mm -hmm. It was through community members reaching out and saying, hey, we should do something. We should do something. So we... um, Try and be that sense of community and then that home that will reach out and say, hey, so things we're doing is we are, um, we added bicycle parking at the Levitt. Uh, so you can, the Levitt shell is just off the trail. Mm-hmm. Just hop it off, off at the Raven building and you're right there. So we added parking. We're working on adding fixed stations to various locations around town, uh, talking to the city about, um, continued improved infrastructure, whether it's trails, um, signage markings on streets and town, bicycle routes. So we're involved in a lot of that uh, effort as well. What about the educational side of things? Educational side. So a lot of our education, we're, we've been running a please don't squeeze campaign for the past couple of years. We put it out on our Facebook page and got a ton of reaction. Uh, we also are running ads on two of the Sioux area Metro buses uh, with our please don't squeeze campaign. Uh, so that's some of our most public education. We're also educating people with hands on when they show up to our events. Mm-hmm. We work a lot with the other groups here in town, uh, Falls area, single track, uh, fast RASDAC, the ride across South Dakota, um, Coming this January, we will have hopefully our bicycle uh, summit where it's just we invite 
clubs and organizations from across the region. We've had people from Rapid City, Pier, Laverne uh, come and just, how do I get connected? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. And the Please Don't Squeeze campaign. I'm assuming that's about sharing the road. Yes, exactly. So South Dakota, in South Dakota, a bicycle is considered a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is what's called like a passing law where it is the law to give a bicyclist space. If you are going 35 miles an hour or under, you are required to give three feet of space. If you're going over that speed, you are required to give six feet of space. It is also on the bicyclist when when they're riding out on the highway and stuff to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable Mm -hmm. so that we can share the road and play nice. Um, In the city of Sioux Falls, you are allowed to take the lane. Um, So perhaps you've seen signs around town uh, that says it's a picture of a bike and it's bike may use full lane. A bicycle is allowed to do that. Okay. So please give them space. Please give them time. Uh If they're going up a hill, many of us don't have motors. (laughs) (laughs) If you are just listening, Matt Cook with Fab is with me in the studio. He's also on the board with Fab as the communications director. So it's actually an interesting story about how we came together. Um, I believe it was Jeff Mersh. Am I saying that name right? Mersh, who reached out to me after an article titled, Is It Legal to Ride a Bicycle on Sioux Falls Sidewalks were released. And that got the, the biking community talking. Believe the articles from, from on what city streets. Yes, yes. From, from what I know, we got the article talking. There was also a previous article that I admitted that I wrote about um, just driving on the roads in South Dakota. If, if bikes are allowed to be physically on the roads in South Dakota. And that also created a conversation way before the sidewalk article. So I, I guess what made you what made fab want to come on this program just to kind of get this message across well part of it is we are constantly looking for ways to reach a new audience um the way social media works is you're often preaching to your own audience you're creating your own echo chamber Mm -hmm. so great we can push this uh messaging to our and our education to our members and that's amazing but many of them are also being like yeah we get it how do we share the fact that we exist and we get our message out to more people and therefore grow the community that appreciates um, what we're doing because there are many communities in the upper midwest like madison wisconsin that have an amazing bicycle culture of people riding on trails, riding on streets, giving space. We want to bring that awareness and that vibrancy mm-hmm. to the Sioux Falls area. So when I when I wrote my article about riding riding your bikes on the roads in South Dakota, it was actually an interesting day. So it was raining, believe it or not. Rain seems like something that hasn't happened in years here. <laughs> but it was raining, and there was a bicyclist in front of me on the road on, you know, 57th and Louise. 
And I'm thinking, gosh, like, I know that it's okay, but like, don't you want to be on the side of the road or on the sidewalk, especially when it's these hazardous conditions? And, and I did say exactly what you were saying about the rules of the road and stuff like that. And just go through that one more time if you can. Yeah. So the rules of the road in the state of South Dakota, bicyclists are considered uh, riding a vehicle. Um, and so they are allowed to be on the streets. There is a passing law that requires that a driver going 35 miles an hour or slower give three feet of space if they're going fast. Faster than that, they need to give six feet of mm-hmm. space. Uh, on the highways, it is also a requirement of the bicyclist to ride as close to the shoulder as is practicable. Uh, sometimes South Dakota shoulders aren't that great. So you might see a bicyclist drift away from the shoulder just a little bit. So you can ride them on the highway too? Yes. Uh, I recent, There are rides here in the state. I recently completed one at the beginning of June that was called RASDAC, the ride across South Dakota, where we took local highways and we rode across the state. Uh, the route for uh, 2021 took us from uh, Pollock, way up on the North Dakota border, Mm -hmm. along the Missouri, and we ended in Vermilion. Okay. How was that ride? Um, It was the week uh, in June that was extremely hot, (laughs) with many days of headwinds out of the south at 20 miles an hour. So a friend of mine says it it felt like a hairdryer all week. It was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So what discussions were Fab having when both of these stories were released? Because obviously there's a reason why you guys reached out to me to even come on this program. Yeah, it's... um, we are we like to see like well who's who's asking the questions mm-hmm. sometimes like like i mentioned with finding a new audience you need to find the people of well who's engaging who's asking who's you know like who even wants to know what's going on and then we're there to be like hey we have an answer for you yeah so what were your thoughts on either story i thought that the stories were the the stories were written in a way that just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, the I felt like your riding on the city streets with the rain was actually a really well reasoned article that was like, I have questions. I'm doing research. Here's what I found out, and we're like, awesome, thank you. Um, many times um, drivers aren't aware, or drivers just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I've. I thankfully have not been hit, um, but there are people who have. Um, there have been people who have been seriously injured this year in 2021. And um, in past years, there have been people who have even been killed in Sioux Falls riding their bicycle. So would you say, Fab, their biggest impact here in the Sioux Empire would be about providing that education to let people know this is what we can do, so this is what you should do in order to keep us bicyclists safe. Yes. we um, In the past, FAB used to be just like kind of a, a club um, where it was um, just focused on like the group riding and stuff. And that's still a very strong part of who we are. But we are also um, starting to engage more and more on the advocacy, on the messaging, on the engagement. 
seeing how we can grow the community and make it safer for all, whether you know who Fab is or what Fab does or not. If you are just listening to us, Matt Cook, he is the communications director with Fab that's on the board and it's Falls Area Bicyclist. So there are some facts about biking in the city that we touched on and throughout the state that people may not know about, but there are also some myths that are out there that you just want to bust. So what are those myths? Myth number one, a bicycle is required to be on the sidewalk. A bicycle can be in the street. A bicycle can take the lane. A bicycle can ride in the middle. Bicycles are not allowed on the interstate in the state of South Dakota um, because I can't ride 40 miles an hour as the minimum speed. Yeah. Some of the reasons I've always wondered is um, if somebody comes to me and is yelling at me and I go, well, why are you yelling at me? Is it because I'm slow? Well, if a vehicle were to be driving that slow, you would go around them. Is it because I'm small? Well, you pass mopeds and motorcycles all the time. Or is it just the fact that I'm riding a bicycle and you view it as a toy? Um, That's one of the things we um, engage a lot with is people. A lot of people view a bicycle as a toy, as a recreational vehicle, um, because that's what they grew up with. And that's how they still ride. But for several others, um, a bicycle is a primary mode of transport. I have a friend here um, who just who left town recently, and for the first two years I knew him, he didn't own a car. He did everything by bike. And so that's one of the myths as well is like you can ride a bike and it's a, it is a vehicle. Um, another myth is to join the club, you have to be fast. Don't worry about it. I am a proud member of the back of the line club, and we are always accepting new members. Uh, you, it's a myth that you have to have expensive equipment. You do not. If it's got two wheels and rolls, it's called a bicycle. If it's got one wheel, it's called a unicycle. The self-imposed barriers to engagement, I feel, are just why. Show up, have fun, and be a part of what's going on here in town. Yeah. What are some basic tips for drivers to remember when they do see bicyclists on the road? Slow down. <laughs> that's Number it. one. That's it. Please slow down. Please slow down. Please don't squeeze. Especially in town, if you have a... Many drivers are great. We have some wonderful drivers here in town. Sometimes where things get a little iffy is if there is a vehicle oncoming as well and then they do the midwestern oh i'm just gonna squeeze by you here and uh, scooch around (laughs) don't do that wait behind let the oncoming vehicle pass and then you can go around trust me the bicyclist will thank you it's that easy (laughs) it's that easy and you think about it um we mentioned this we've done conversations as well about school zones and slowing down Slowing down for a school zone adds like, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds to your journey. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Is, are you so impatient that 10 seconds is not worth you regarding somebody else's health, life, and safety? So Matt, in your opinion, I know we said this at the beginning of this interview, but but why do you think this organization here in Sioux Falls is so important? It's a sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, Community is so empowering 
to individuals. Some people like to do things alone, um, but I found that for myself, I'm less inclined to do something if it's just for me, if I'm, you know, alone. It works really well to bring people together. Um, and our voices are stronger uh, when they're a chorus instead of a solo. We work together to just make Sioux Falls better. The city of Sioux Falls has had uh, ordinances that have come up and about uh, transportation issues in Sioux Falls, such as uh, scooters downtown, um, e-bikes on the trails. And FAB has been a voice that has been very prominent in uh, sharing the opinions of our members um, and of our directors and of the message that we want to go in. For example, e-bikes. Two years ago, e-bikes were not allowed on the trail, but e-bikes are a growing percentage of the bicycle community. And I think they're amazing because if it gets you outside and it gets you moving. Who cares if you have a little extra push? Sometimes I would like one myself. So yeah, we worked with uh, the city of Sioux Falls as they crafted their ordinance that now says that class ones um, e-bikes are allowed on the trail system. Class one e-bikes will assist you up to 20 miles an hour and their pedal assist, meaning that you still have to pedal. They don't have a throttle. Currently, Class 2s and Class 3s e-bikes are not allowed on the trail. Let's say someone is a biker and they want to join a group. Why should they come and join FAB? Because we're fun <laughs> and we're fabulous, in the words of <laughs> Jody Erickson. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Matt, where can people go find out more information about the Falls Area Bicycle List? Uh, we are on Facebook at uh, Falls Area Bicyclists. Look for the fab in like a bicycle cog logo. And then you can find us on our website, fallsareabicyclist.org. We have a huge calendar of events, of uh, group rides that we're doing. And we also try and serve as a hub for many of the uh, group rides in uh, the area through the bike shops, Eric's Bike Board and Ski, uh, Spoken Sport, Sioux Falls Bicycle Company, Falls Area Single Track, so there's just a ton of opportunities to get involved. All right, Matt Cook, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.